Yeah, I don't even know what to do for a pre-show. Uh, I was going to talk about Moby Dick, but we did that uh, last week. It it still is good. It's still a good book. Still, everybody, still churning through it. Everybody should read the Whale Book. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. that's probably like is is it like public domain? It has to be, right? You could just get that for free online. Yeah, no, probably. you're probably right. Probably right. That's why they're always making movies out of it and stuff. Oh shit! Speaking of public domain, though, uh, I've been thinking a lot about Edgar Allan Poe. And specifically, I mean, obviously, The Mask of the Red Death, because uh, there was this story about there were a bunch of uh, there, there's some like property management company out in Calif- like Northern California or something that was offering a like coronavirus retreat um, where like all of these rich people could go oh, and yeah. everyone would everyone would be tested on their way in to make sure that nobody actually had had the Rona uh, and then they were just going to party together for you know like weeks at a time until the whole thing and it's like this is literally the mask of the red death that is literally what that story is about is like prince prospero brings all of the rich people to one place and then like and then the red death gets in anyway um I'm, not I'm this time th- yeah, this no, time I'm, it's I'm, gonna be fine don't I'm worry i'm in favor of it i'm in favor of it playing <laughs> out exactly like eddie thought you know do you think his friends called him eddie probably not he didn't have any friends Old, old, uh, E, E-A, E-A-P. <laughs> yeah, old, old Eep, they called him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah, Poe's good because you can read them because they're really short, right? I mean, like, he didn't write, like, you know, mega epics. Like oh, yeah, Melville. no, Mas- Mask of the Red Death is, like, five pages long. It's super That's a good short. starter. Maybe don't, yeah. you know, if you haven't been reading for a while, maybe don't start with Moby right, Dick. Right, right, maybe right. ease into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would not advise somebody who's just now getting back into reading during the quarantine to try to tackle Moby Dick. Although, I don't know, man, it's, you got time. It turns out this shit's going to last for like at least another four, six, 18 months. I'm going to get the like children's illustrated classic edition or whatever, where it's like 300 pages long. See, that's, that's (laughs) the first version of that I ever read. I love the great illustrated classics, but I want to get a copy of it now and read it because like, those books, they're only about like kind of the highlight, you know, the like easily illustrable, illustratable, whatever, <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of scenes. You know, I don't think you pick up much of the thematic uh, kind of meaning uh, in those books. I'm not sure. Treasure Island was a really good one because there's no deeper thematic meaning. It's literally just a fun pirate story. Yeah. Are you casting your Muppet Moby Dick? As you as you read, I want oh you to envision. Oh my god, that would be amazing! Yes, envision the 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 story as <laughs> as told by Muppets, as it as it truly was meant to be. So if you if you if you had to cast a Muppet Moby Dick, like which one role would you pick to be? Because there's always like one role that's filled by a human and not a Muppet. I mean, I think the I think the obvious choice is Ahab, right? Right, but. It's just Michael Caine again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is he still acting? Sure, why not? Yeah. Nah, Michael Caine would be a terrible Ahab. <laughs> no, he he could do it, but no, I, I think you cast Sam the Eagle as Ahab, mm. and then you make, like, Queequeg the, like, the one... Nah, maybe not. I don't know, I, I haven't made it through the book yet. Beth, you, you're going to have to forgive us. We do kind of rattle on, so whenever you have anything to say, please interject. <laughs> we will we will stop and listen. 
I have nothing to add to the dick discourse. <laughs> uh, the dick's course. The dick's course. Well, we yeah. got our we got our episode title, everybody. Let's lead the show in. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my exceptional comrade and co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Hello, Brendan. I'm back. I'm getting back into the swing of things here. Get, getting back Two in weeks the swing. in a row. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have you back. Um, uh, you and I were joking a little bit about how much memory space all of these files take up on our computers, a deleted almost 500 gigabytes of like old audacity files (laughs) yeah i'm probably due for a cleanup as well uh ridiculous ridiculous well joining us tonight um not thinking about file sizes uh we've got a very special guest a, a newcomer to our program coming to us from orlando florida um probably you know, right in the thick of the the whole the whole Roro outbreak. Ooh. Um, we've got it's a bad everywhere. Uh, a friend from Twitter, um, also a, a lawyer who has worked a great deal with a, a pal of the program, uh, Ken Klippenstein. We've got Beth Borden on the show. Hello, Beth. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is my first oh, podcast. Uh, which is unbelievable because you're so good on Twitter. It, it, I can't believe that we scooped everybody else and got you yeah. first. That's great. This is a travesty. This, yeah. this is holding a, out this for miscarriage you. of justice. <laughs> what having her on the program is a, is a miscarriage of justice. No, it's, it's, just just the fact that this has not happened sooner. Uh, this yeah. is this is something that needs to be rectified immediately. No, I'm, no. I'm what glad I meant we're was starting like, a trend. What I meant was it's way beneath her station. That well, that's she's true. On our show before any other show, that is a miscarriage of justice. <laughs> I was holding out for y'all to ask me. <laughs> well, we're glad we got the train started here, and uh, it's just going to keep rolling because uh, once they see how amazing this is, the, the podcast asks are just going to be coming in. Yeah, that's it. Left and right. Yeah, you'll be able to retire from the practice. Um, just just be a professional <laughs> podcaster from now on. Yeah, it's the new uh, the new work at home uh, in- industry. I'm sending out my chain letter emails right now. No, work at a- home for free. It's a it's a golden age for podcasters for sure, because nobody else has anything else to do. You know, just sit around. You you're, you're gonna work on your sourdough starter. Yeah, okay, buddy. Uh, but you're gonna listen to a podcast while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, how is everybody's sourdough starter going? By the way, mine refuses to take off. I, I haven't I haven't jumped on that sourdough train yet. We've just been making regular bread. I don't know. That's basic. I've seen I've seen everybody's jars exploding, and I, I got a little <laughs> oh, no. scared. No, I don't. I think you're supposed to seal it up. I mean, it like gives off gas and stuff. S- sometimes it's too powerful, and it uh, <laughs> and it breaches the seal. Beth, what are you what are you doing at home? Are you are you baking bread? No, I don't even eat bread. That's not part of my diet these days. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, I'm just doing work from home and uh, starting my podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, were you, uh, I mean, did you find yourself furloughed 
you know, when the when the thing really kind of took off or do you mostly work from home anyway? Um, no, my office is very close by. I walked to my office and oh, nice. um, how it started was, you know, hearings just started getting cut for more important hearings. And then they decided if you had concerns about going to the office, you could work from home. And then it became mandatory. Sure. Well, I mean, and I mean, the kind of work that you do, which was a thing that I was hoping to to bring up with you a little bit, seems like it would be a lot of um, sort of at the computer, sort of doing filings and making uh, making documents up and sending them to the right parties. Is that is that about right? I mean, because you do That's like exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah, because you do like you do like FOIA requests and and things like that. So it's it's That's not a lot of dead drops. You know, secret meetings on park right, benches yeah. in the middle picking, of the yeah night. yeah picking up picking up oh. microfilm hidden in nickels. That's my side hustle. My oh, right, main yeah. job. <laughs> my main job is public defender. Oh shit! No, I I okay. I didn't know that. So uh, a, a lot of your. I mean, I've got to imagine that a lot of your uh, docket has been really cleared out by this. I mean, are, are the are the criminal courts still operating the way that they ordinarily would? No, they're not. Um, essential hearings only, which is first time bond hearings. You can maybe get a bond hearing if your bond was revoked, but that's not necessarily essential right now. Um Anything that you wanted to do to work your case up is also not essential. So a lot of things are at a standstill. It's a lot of motion work. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, so crime is legal. You heard it here first. <laughs> yes. the, the purge is in full effect, everyone. If, if, if nobody's enforcing the laws, then all crime is legal. I think that's right. That's right. And then I'm out of that job, and it puts <laughs> me back to the FOIA work. <laughs> right. Well, Beth, I, it, this wasn't a thing that I, I had really thought that we would talk about, but um, how, in your opinion, and please, I, I know that I'm just kind of dropping this on you, how, in your opinion, is the whole coronavirus thing impacting uh, justice for people who are accused of crimes um, in terms of court delays or access to attorneys? Um, I, I'm sure you can speak to this. It's, um, it's actually quite terrible. Um, you have people who want to get their case going that are sitting in jail on no bond. Are they being exposed to coronavirus right now? They're not going to get a bond and get out. So right. all they want is their case to move forward, and it can't. Yeah, Florida, Florida has not suspended cash bail or anything like that. Um, we have bail bonds, so you can do a cash bail or you can go through a bondsman for your bail, either or. Right. But my personally, my clients are all charged with first-degree murder or a couple second-degree murders. So none of them are getting bond. They are not legally entitled to bond. And right. when you go and have a bond hearing, the judge denies bond. So right. they're sitting in jail waiting for a day in court that's going to be delayed and once a day in court comes for some of them do the jurors even want to be there um, right we were supposed to be cut um shut down through march 27th then that changed to april 17 now the governor has said april 30 so none of us really know what's going on and it changes daily 
God, what a nightmare. You know, and like all of the things that we've seen about, um, I mean, I know that like Rikers Island tends to be sort of the like worst case scenario comparison for this kind of thing. But in any jail or prison, you're still talking about people who are more or less jam packed together. It is not a sanitary environment. Um, they don't necessarily have access to great health care. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, hell world, right? Yeah. Well, and the crazy part yeah. is like, they're not, they're not like the cops aren't stopping from arresting people, you know, so they're still doing that. That part's still happening. The intake is still happening. It's just like the processing of like getting people out is not happening. But I guess there are still some cases where like, there were all these jails who were saying like, oh, we're just going to like release a bunch of people because they're nonviolent offenders and stuff like that, too, where it's like, right. well, then what? Are, why are they locked up in the first place? Like, yeah. what's going on? It's yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, well, and we've, we've talked about that on the show before that, you know, th- this whole crisis situation has kind of uh, torn the mask off of all of these all of these petty cruelties. Right. That, you know, like. Especially, like, low-level offenders. Like, why are we keeping them in jail to begin with? Like, they know that they have to go to court, and it turns out that when you let somebody live at home and kind of get their life back together, they show up at court anyway. So why do we keep them in jail to begin with? Right. When it costs a lot of money, from what I understand, to to keep people in jail. Um, and yeah. it's really – it's really you don't – the benefit of your money is just to torture a person. It's – it's terrible. That actually reminded me. I actually got a uh, a jury summons uh, a couple weeks ago. So my jury term is supposed to be April 6th through April 24th. But what that means is you just have to like call a hotline every day and like see if your number gets called or whatever. <laughs> right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I might uh, <laughs> I might be working some of them uh, high level uh, cases here in uh, here here in this, the <laughs> Omaha suburbs uh, next week. We'll see. Oh, man. Well, yeah, Beth, I mean, what, what, what do you think about that, though? I mean, um, how, as a, as a practitioner of the law, um, you know, I, I make jokes on the show sometimes about how I'm a lawyer, but I'm not really a lawyer the way that you're a lawyer. I just happen to, you know, do the thing. Um, like, what about those, like, minor cruelties? Are, are any of those going away in your practice, or are they are they exacerbated by this crisis? Well, I think it's worse because there's a push to get the people out of jail, which means they're pushing people to plea to a charge, which adds to a record, which then makes you more susceptible to arrest the next time because law enforcement's looking back and saying, well, you know, you have this felony conviction and it, it just keeps perpetuating. And then you have court fees on top of other fees that you couldn't pay before. And then it just snowballs out of control. A fucking nightmare. What did you say? Just what a shitty country we turned out to live in. <laughs> well, and if you keep people in jail on either no bond or a bond that's not affordable to them or a bond that's low, but they still can't afford it because they're homeless or, um, you know, near homelessness. So they're just sitting there. They're more apt to plea rather than exercise their constitutional right to a of trial. Course. And that's what the courts want because they just want to clear a docket. So Yeah, so so what you're ending up with is uh I mean it's it's basically economic blackmail, you know, people who need to 
be home with their families or people who are trying to trying to hold a family together and having to decide whether like do we save this money to make our rent payment next month since nobody in the house is working or do we try to try to bail out the person that could be here you know helping out with all of this I mean, when you have your client in the courtroom for a status hearing and they're told your trial date is in two weeks or you can plead a day to credit for time served, what do you think they're going to do? Right. So the state always dangles that carrot for the lower level people and that's felony conviction. Now you have a harder time getting a job. You have a harder time getting housing. You know, you're... Who knows if you can vote right now in Florida even. You're supposed to be able to, but I'm... Come on. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the voting goes, it's like, I don't know. Uh, Stay home. Everybody, please just boycott the primaries. Just demand that they give us paper ballots. Uh, Hey, Uncle Uncle Joe needs us at the polls, man, in in Wisconsin or whatever. (laughs) Right. They're going to scrub them down. Don't worry. Oh, my God. They got all the Clorox wipes. Yeah, I mean, maybe... maybe You're all going in one by one. Meanwhile, if you're going in one by one, what line are you standing in outside? Oh. Oh my God! Yeah, so I mean, let's let's transition into that then. Uh, talking about you know economic justice and things, um, it, it, we we still have the Biden campaign out there saying like absolutely you can show up in Wisconsin and vote. Um, same time, you've got people saying Bernie Sanders needs to drop out. It's like you can have one or the other. Like if you want people <laughs> to show up at the polls, then some of them might vote for Bernie. Uh, if you don't want people to show up at the polls, then let's drop this fucking, you know, Bernie needs to drop out and just give the nomination to to Joe Biden. Well, and you've got him saying we need to have people showing up at the polls instead of like what he should be doing is saying like, you know what, like, let's not do in-person voting anymore because right. everybody can just vote by mail and it's actually a more equal system. It's a better system. It's an easier system for larger Democratic participation. But apparently he's not into that <laughs> it's wild well and i don't think they're into it because they know that when you have a larger turnout you get a much more diverse group of voters you know what they want is effectively what they got in florida where like all of the bernie sanders supporters stayed home because they were in the middle of a fucking shelter in place order and all of the like 55 and upset uh showed up to vote for joe biden so Gosh, it's amazing to me and amazing to, you know, people like Simone Sanders that we now have massive outbreaks of coronavirus in places like Florida and Illinois. (laughs) I wonder wonder where all that came from. It's probably those spring break millennials. It's a mystery. Yeah, I think the the books written about this, uh, this entire time that we're living through it now, um, oh, we'll be written on fucking stone tablets because these people would rather see society torn down around them, like Samson, than actually like make a correct decision. Biblical hey, references. Know. This is this is how bad this has gotten. <laughs> Matthew is making biblical references on yeah. the fucking show. Yeah, that's another yeah. book I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's time now. The my pillow yeah. guy says it's the time. It's the time to hunker out down and and read your Bible. You should read it. It's a it's a fun read for I think sure. It would be amazing if a bunch of these uh, like evangelicals actually did sit down and read it cover to cover because <laughs> it like, is this bonkers. Is wacky. <laughs> it's it is a crazy book. 
<laughs> it's actually just a, it turns out it's just a whole bunch of books that are all shoved together. That don't, I mean, there's no narrative. It's terrible. Yeah, that could be your next, your next project after Moby Dick. Full cover to cover. Yeah. No, I joked about it on Twitter too that, you know, it's like, let's get, let's get hashtag no nut quarantine trending. Who's with me? And everyone was like, no, Matthew, no, no, we're not doing that. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to shelter in place and read the fucking King James like cover to cover. Yeah. There's time now. There's time. Time enough at last. That's a uh, that's a Twilight Zone reference. Also, Twilight Zone is on Netflix, so if you haven't watched the Twilight Zone, you've got time for that too. Oh, like the classic ones? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's great. the The whole series is on there. That is fun. Well, I don't know. Uh, what What do you say we take a little break there? Um, we'll come back. Uh, I think I think the rest of this episode is just going to be mostly talking about uh, politics stuff. So. Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a break there and we'll come back. We're back with this uh, segment that we're doing called Katie Has Questions. This is our friend Katie who sometimes has questions. I feel like uh, it needs a theme song. I feel well, like it, it, it has one. I, you you haven't you apparently have not listened to the show. I've got like this nice little like bossa nova beat that. Anyway, uh, Katie has questions. Katie has questions this week about uh, what do we mean when we say means testing? Uh, Uh, It's where you test someone and you're like really mean about it. Yeah. And you say like you're... You don't qualify for this. Right, right, no, that's right. not, yeah, that's yeah. not no, exactly I, what it means. I, but. I, that, that was pretty close, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so when uh, when we criticize a program for being means tested or doing means testing, what we mean is um, there's a there's sort of a kind of a liberal uh, predilection for looking at people who need a program. But we we want to make sure that people who don't need the program don't get it. Um, so we're we're testing their means. We're making sure that like if you're too rich, you don't get free healthcare or free. There's quite a few layers to this because I feel like on its face, it's not necessarily a negative. And the example that a lot of people use is like. Well, look, you know, I'm all about free college, but I don't want to pay for Trump's kids to go to college. Trump already has the money. Sure, on its but, face. But it there's been such a history of Republicans have been so successful in driving these conversations that the Democrats now have adopted this philosophy. And so when it comes to things like you know, food stamps or welfare or something like this, instead of the Democrats actually fighting and saying, look, if you're in America and the richest country on earth, you shouldn't starve to death. We should just give you food. And that should be something that we just do as a society. Instead, they're saying, well, let's make sure that the people who we give the food to, they are actively looking for work that we put all these conditions on them, that we also say, 
Uh, it's the same thing with, uh, like, Republicans buy. with, uh, like, food stamps. Like, you have to be drug tested, right? You have to you have to make sure that you weren't smoking weed in the past month in order to get fucking, like, milk for your kids. Right. As if people who are so poor that they're relying on food stamps just have tons of weed money around, you know? Uh, and when they've done it, and several states have, have done it, when they've drug tested welfare recipients and food stamp recipients they have drug use rates that are far 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 lower than the nat- than the population as a whole and so they'll point to like one guy with tested positive for drugs and be like this is a success but then they actually spent more money on drug testing than they would have spent on the program if they just gave it to everybody and just said like, look, if you do drugs, you still can eat some food and not starve to death. Um, And so it's this idea where you're supposed to say, well, we're actually going to save money by not giving people benefits that they don't deserve because of whatever qualifications we decide to slap on there, that you end up wasting more money than you would have spent if you just said, you just get this no questions asked yeah, because it's that's right. simple and easy to distribute that way. That's right, Brennan. And uh, to, to add to your point um, to talk about um, when it comes to, uh, for instance, say you had somebody who whose parents made enough money for them to go to college without taking out any debt, but they decided not to for whatever reason, you know, either they, they wanted to do a, uh, pull yourself up pull yourself up by the bootstraps sort of thing or uh they said they're extreme religious conservatives and said you know we'll pay for your uh college education as long as you go to bob jones university or something like that like should that person not also qualify for fucking free tuition wouldn't it be easier from not only a moral but also an administrative perspective to just go ahead and give everybody uh, free, you know, free education. Or you hear this story all the time where someone says, like, I'd really like to go to college for my passion, which is music or the arts right. or something like that or theater. And then their parents say, I'm not going to pay for that. It's trash. like, no, you're supposed to be a fucking doctor. Right. I'm only going to pay for school if you, uh, you know, go to be in pre-med or whatever. Yeah, exactly and then right. they like flunk out of school or hate themselves or whatever. You know, yeah. it just leads to all these problems. And where- you can extend and you can extend that same uh, logic to uh, like healthcare, for instance, right? Like uh, 26 up to 26 year olds under the ACA are able to be on their parents' health insurance, but that's only as long as the parents are okay with you doing that, you know? So what if they're not like, what if, what if your parents make fucking, you know, a million dollars a year, but they don't want you on their health insurance. Do you not qualify for health insurance at this point? Because your parents make enough money, but also don't want you on that. Anyway, means testing. Means testing is just, are you too rich to qualify for a universal program? And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucked up. So that's, that's why we, that's why we criticize means testing. Let me give one final example. So when my son had cancer, uh, it was extremely expensive. Uh, and yeah. one of the things that we had to continually do is go into the hospital and 
tell them that we didn't want to pay a lot of money. And we at first thought like, well, we wouldn't qualify for any of this stuff because we're too rich or whatever. And they're like, oh, actually, you probably can qualify. You just have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You have to fill out all these forms. You have to call all these people on the phone. You have to go yeah. in and meet with all these people. And then eventually they'll say, oh, yeah, you could just pay you know, 50% of it or 30% of it. And then, you know, this other pro government program will pick up the rest. And there's a lot of paperwork and there's just a lot of stress involved where you get these letters and they say, oh, maybe we'll cover it. Maybe we won't cover it. Call this person, call this person, send the thing in again, come in again, do it again. And that's all means testing, right? Because they're only giving it to certain people. Right. And if they had a system where it's just like, hey, you just get it. And like, you need healthcare. Your kid has cancer. You just get the treatment. Don't worry about like what kind of, um, you know, medical benefit assistance you qualify for. Everybody just gets it because we decide as a society that it's great for kids who have cancer to get treatment for their cancer so they don't die. Yeah. Think of how much easier that would be for everybody. And that's how you get the savings that come through a simplified system is you don't have to have 17 different billing departments that you have to contact. Uh, and you can actually just give people their care directly and not have to jump through all those hoops. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, means testing keeps kids from getting cancer treatment. Uh, I, I hope that this answers your question, Katie. <laughs> and And everybody else bootstraps next next topic <laughs> my mom forwarded me this email from home depot uh this is their dear valued customer you know in this time of struggle this one seems different to me because we're looking at okay so it's like, here's what we're doing in the stores. We're changing hours. We're doing a lot of uh, get, getting rid of like spring promotions and stuff that would bring people out. But the segment on supporting our associates. Okay. I'm just going to rattle some of these off. Added 80 hours of paid time off for all full-time hourly associates and 40 hours of paid time off for part-time to be used at their discretion and paid out at year end, if not used. Uh, for associates who are 65 years of age or older, added 160 hours of paid time off, again, to be paid out at the end of year if not used. Um, providing paid time off for any associate who has contracted the, the COVA until released by a doctor. Providing additional bonuses to hourly associates, $100 per week for full-time, $50 per week for part-time. And then just like this huge laundry list of like redirected all shipments of N95 masks to be donated to hospitals, healthcare providers, and first responders donating PPE, you know, millions of dollars worth to various, like this is, I hate to fucking say it as a leftist, but like this is sort of like responsible capitalism, right? Like 160 hours of paid time off that's that's literally a month of work no it's cool that uh that some places are stepping up uh it's funny because uh my wife works for 
the local school district, they're going through quite an ordeal uh, with figuring out uh, how to pay some of their hourly workers. So what they made them do was they closed all the schools and then just recently they announced they're closing all the schools in Nebraska for the rest of the year. Because before they said like, well, we're going to close it down for like a month and then we'll let you know. And so what they did at the time was they made all the hourly workers say, hey, if you want to get two weeks of pay, you have to sign an agreement that you agree to come back um, whenever school's back in session, and then we'll give you two weeks of pay. And then everyone said, well, what about after two weeks? And they said, like, we'll let you know. And so it's like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever, I guess I'll do that. Now they said, well, we're going to close down the schools for the rest of the year. And so they're like, well, okay, so you said I was going to get paid for two weeks. Like, what about the rest of the pay and they're like we're working on that we'll we'll let you know or whatever yikes and they're like we have to be mindful of the taxpayer dollar here uh you know as we make these decisions as well where it's like for fuck's sake it just doesn't make any sense because like the tax money as far as i know you know the way that schools work is they don't have a meeting like every two weeks and they're like do we have tax money still like they set that up in advance right where they say hey here's the school budget or whatever for the entire year and so i don't know why they're not just paying these people because it seems like the money's already there so if you don't pay them like what are you doing with the fucking money if you're not paying your school staff it's Completely ridiculous. Well, if this hadn't happened, where was the money coming from already? Come on. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Where was it going? It was going to the workers. It was going to these hourly workers. They're budgeted in already. Just fucking give them their money. Like, you're not going to come out of this with a surplus. Just give it up. They're literally going to be like, hey, every, you know, every Nebraska taxpayer gets a check for $3 because uh, (laughs) we took it from all the fucking lunch ladies and janitors and secretaries or whatever. Like, congratulations. I don't I don't understand why they're doing it that way. Jesus Christ. um, I'm sure everybody saw those uh, incredible unemployment numbers where the like line from the last like 50 years is like, and then it's like, just yep. a volcano yeah, there's, there's a, there's a line wall. at the end that everyone was like i i had to double check to make sure that wasn't just a line that's pointing at the week that we're looking at right now <laughs> right yeah that's that was wild and so i was looking at that and i was like yeah this is absolutely insane i wonder how other countries are doing like they must be having this as well and it turns out other countries have these things that are called like laws that <laughs> protect people from being able to just be like, you're all fired now. You know, they said the mall's closed, so you're all just fired. And they have yep. these laws where they say things like, hey, if the government says that the mall's shut down, you can't just fire everybody. They automatically get some sort of payment and then you hold their job so that when the mall reopens, they get their fucking job back or whatever. And in America, we don't have anything like that because of freedom. And so they instead just say like, no, you can just do whatever you want. If the mall shuts down, just just cut everybody off. You don't have to give them jack shit. And so literally every single person's on their own. Even if you work for the freaking school, they're just saying, hey, you know, you're on your own. We don't know. We don't owe you a damn thing. We can just right. decide you're totally cut off and you get nothing. You know, good luck. Have good day, sir. 
Well, and it's amazing, too, because you see it happening even with people who are designated as being, you know, in essential industries, right? Because, like, okay, all of the – we had Mac on uh, last week, and Mac works at a hardware store, and hardware stores are considered essential, you know, essential personnel. But if the demand for the things that you buy at a hardware store drops – then there's no legal, you know, protection for Mac's job if they're like, well, Mac, you're furloughed, you know, for now. Yeah. Like, well, sales we'll just, are drying we'll up run, or whatever. Yeah, right. We'll we'll just run the store with like two people instead of five. Like, even if you're designated an essential employee right now, that doesn't mean right. that you still have a job. Right. And they were saying that even doctors and nurses and stuff who aren't like emergency nurses who you know if you're like you know the guy who does ultrasounds or whatever you know you're the guy who is doing people's knee surgeries and stuff like that they're saying sure hey you know what uh not a lot of knee surgeries coming in because uh we told people not to come into the hospital unless it's an emergency so uh you guys are all just fired you know it's like what (laughs) also all of your knee surgery patients like lost their fucking health insurance when they lost their jobs right uh what a great system. It's almost like we should have some sort of system of government that, you know, prevents these things from happening. It's it's almost like that. That sounds crazy. It does. Is that a radical idea? <laughs> it's bonkers. And you still have, you know, to, to bring this back into the, you know, directly political realm. Um, Joe Biden is still out there giving talking points about like Medicare for all wouldn't have solved the COVID crisis it's like nobody fucking asked joe <laughs> nobody said that if everybody had universal health care that it would have prevented the spread of this fucking disease what they're talking about is the economic impacts the impacts on real people's lives the the fucking workers that if if our health care was not tied to our employment then we wouldn't be in such sorry shape right now because every one of those fucking how many? What was the number, Brennan? It was like like seven million new unemployment claims just in the past week. Yeah, something uh, like that. To pile on to the fucking four million that came before that, you know, that is eleven million people who now don't have fucking health insurance. Like, what if they did? Like, what if what if they all did have health insurance? Then what? It certainly does seem like it would be better. But you know, hey, uh, their coronavirus testing that they can't get is totally free maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe your treatment is too who knows i mean beth i know that you follow this stuff pretty closely because i i follow you on twitter and you've still got all these uh the k-hive right the the kamala harris you know stands who are still out there going like how dare you say that kamala harris isn't for medicare for all it's like well it's pretty easy to say because she endorsed Joe Biden, who absolutely is not in favor of Medicare for all. So you can't deny that in her heart of hearts, she wanted to do it. That's so true. It's like the the Democrats are are doing this sort of like politics of intentions instead of, you know, politics of material interests or, you know, politics of literally anything that's fucking helpful at all. It's like, no, you got to you got to really go into somebody's heart. Here's what I respect about Amy Klobuchar. She didn't care. She was like, you, you're you just not getting it. I'm, I'm not yeah. even going to pretend it's not a thing for you. I could actually use some of some of the Klob's, you know, just brutal honesty at this point. 
at least the Republicans are honest with people. Like, no, we we are not interested in helping. Oh. Uh, the Democrats are like, we're interested in helping, but it's got to be this means tested thing. We've got to, you know, we've got to make sure that we got to make sure that people who make over seventy five thousand dollars a year don't benefit from the same program. We got to make sure, you know, leaving all of the fucking like loopholes and donuts open. Yeah, I I actually kind of prefer Amy Klobuchar to Joe Biden at this point. Oh my god! Speaking of Republicans being honest, there was uh, an amazing moment recently where my Republican representative from Nebraska, Don Bacon, was tweeting. You know, nurses are, are superheroes or whatever for during the Corona care, the Corona crisis. And someone was like, didn't you vote to get rid of health care for like 11 million people or whatever? <laughs> right. And he's like, no, not me. But many Democrats are trying to pull the plug on the ACA and rid 180 million people of their employer provided health care. Oh, my God. So he's in favor of Obamacare. Yeah. All of a sudden. So now they've switched. And he's saying, well, Democrats want to get rid of your precious Obamacare. So vote for Republicans because the Democrats are coming from your Obamacare. Man. Not mentioning the fact that they want to replace Obamacare, which is a patchwork system that's only serving to enrich healthcare executives with a universal system that will save money and provide people with better care. And their answer to the ACA was to just destroy it and replace it. With absolutely nothing. With nothing. <laughs> with yeah, absolutely nothing. nothing. And he literally voted. Uh, he he said he was voting hell yes uh, on the on the repeal of ACA bill uh, back <laughs> when they a, had that vote. Yeah, that's a, that's that's an extra that's an extra yay yeah. in the. That's in a the super election. yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but coincidentally, that happened like two years ago. Now that Republicans tried to repeal Obamacare, so. No one remembers that. So he's free well, and clear to now say, I support Obamacare and the Democrats don't. So, ha ha, switcheroo. I mean, for Christ's <laughs> sake, we were talking to Mac about this last week about how the Republicans are going to be able to, uh, you know, plausibly run to the left of a bunch of Democrats, <laughs> you know, and Mac was like, I don't think they're going to do that. And I was like, no, see, the thing is, they don't actually have to do it. They just have to say they're going to do it. And so now you've got all of these Republicans coming out and you're like, oh, the Democrats want to, you know, take away your Obamacare, your your ACA. It's amazing how they've changed from calling it Obamacare to calling it the ACA. Ah, it's know? a it's a little tricksy on them. Yeah, we're going to literally have like Obama, like shaking hands with Don Bacon at a campaign rally or whatever, because his 100%. Democratic opponent supports Medicare for all or whatever. And he's like, I love Obamacare now. That is absolutely what's going to happen. Republicans, <laughs> the party of Obamacare or Romney care, uh, you know as I like to call it. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Beth, you've got children, right? I mean, are, are your kids, are they grown or are they around the house? Are you doing like like homeschooling? Oh, no, they're adults. They're both in college. Okay. So they are doing online courses right now. Neither one of them have ever had a job. Where they live, there's not any jobs to be had anyway. Um, so... They're looking to get jobs when they graduate, and I don't know how well that's going to work out for either yeah. one of them. My daughter, it'll be easier. She's a nursing student. Um, sure. But for my son... High-demand profession right now. My son's a civil engineer, and um, he couldn't even get on as an intern to this super I-4 project they have going on with our interstate here. 
So I, I don't know where he'll end up. Well, I heard there's like 11 million jobs up for grabs. I think that's how unemployment works. So, um, you know, the, oh, my the God. Jo- oh, yeah, he'll just grab one of those. Ron DeSantis, the mayor of or sorry, the governor of Florida. He was recently. Uh, Is he the guy who looks like he has alopecia? It's like completely hairless, like bald head guy. No, that's uh, oh, that's the senator no, guy. No, that's Rick Scott. Oh, yeah, no, that's Rick Scott. No, that's true. They did a job swap where he was the governor for a while, and now he's That was our previous governor. <laughs> it was like fucking Ed Begley Jr. from uh, Arrested Development. He, he totally does. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I guess Florida had all kinds of, uh, you know, a bunch of like local protections, and he was like, no, stop doing that. Everybody, everybody party. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. Go chill at church. Have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Beth, you're down there. You're like right in the fucking hot zone right now because uh, the Florida state government doesn't seem to be. I mean, they're doing like mayor of Amity thing from Jaws, where it's like we need to keep these beaches, <laughs> the beaches open are open as as long as possible. Like it's just all around you, and you know everyone's doing something everyone's doing their own thing because no one's leading the state you have 67 counties just doing whatever they want right and now all of a sudden he comes along and he says okay well all of the good things that the counties that actually did something i'm gonna undo that and everybody just go to church we need that we yeah need yeah i've we seen need, a little bit of that that, right the, uh, that the that the state legislature in florida i mean this is this is one of those rare times where like the Texas governor is being better than the uh, Florida governor. Like, at least the Texas governor isn't trying to overrule like local ordinances. They they also have completely fucking abdicated their responsibility, and they're letting all of the localities, you know, all of the local governments, the county and and city governments, take care of this. But at least they're not trying to overrule things that people have done to to try to you know halt the spread or keep people safe. Well, there was a um, church in Hillsborough County, it's Tampa. They were holding services in violation of their stay-at-home order. So they went in and arrested the pastor. I read somewhere that that pastor was claiming he had some machine that was that would kill the coronavirus as you oh, entered right. the building. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who was talking about, like, you know, as soon as somebody coughs, like, these machines will, like, shoot it down at 100 miles per hour or whatever. <laughs> and that machine is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that, that machine is, like, all of the guns that everybody brought into fucking church, apparently. <laughs> And then there's some Miami, like, mega church where, you know, they're telling people, all of you are fine because you are godly people. If you get sick, you just didn't believe enough. Absolutely fucking wild. Oh, my God. I remember when I was in Catholic school and they had us do the first communion and they were like, and then you come and you drink out of the cup. And a lot of people were like, we were like in second grade. And I was like, isn't it kind of gross that everybody in the church drinks out of the (laughs) same cup and the literally the priest was like oh no well because um god uh uses magic to make it so there's no germs because that's just how it works and then we all went oh okay well good to know you know what's you know what's really fucking funny about that brendan is uh isn't that a metaphor pretty much the same thing that they use for like eighth graders with uh like sex education like would you drink would you drink out of a cup that <laughs> like nine million people would drink out of already oh <laughs> the irony yeah so what we need to be doing is like blessing the pussy and then you know we're good problem solved yeah if only that was the law thank <laughs> when mike pence takes over finally we'll be able to 
enact this and we'll be free <laughs> from disease forever. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's crazy. I mean, Nebraska, too, is one of the, you know, uh, Trump was giving him a shout out of the, the great country of Nebraska the other day because uh, they had like less uh, coronavirus cases unless you like look per capita and then it's like the same as everywhere else. Right. But the last order that they put out was don't have gatherings of more than like 10 people. And that was it. And so I guess technically places can still operate as long as they like limit it to 10 people or less, Um, which a lot of people are saying like, that's really not enough now. Like you really should not be gathering at all. Like not not even 10 people. Yeah. Not even like, you know, two, like two people or whatever, like should be the the limit, but really everybody should just sit shelter in place. And in fact, I think that a Dr. Fauci guy or whatever was saying like, yeah, we should really just do that nationwide. I I wish Trump would listen to me and actually do that. (laughs) Which is why they had to up his security because all of the fucking like QAnoners and Pizzagate people are, you know, sending him death threats at this point because he's contradicting the president. Beth, are you a, are you a person of faith? Are you a, a church attendee? Um, I was when I was growing up. Um, once I was an adult making my own rules, I haven't gone since. No, I was just I was just kind of curious, you know. Oh wait, no, one of my weddings was in one. <laughs> oh okay, <laughs> so, that was the last time. <laughs> this isn't a risk for you, but I've I've got to imagine though that some of the like the communities that you serve are also people who are like very religious and probably bucking the trend of shelter in place and maintaining social distance. Yes, they're very religious, but they seem to be more in tune with technology and doing remote services okay. than these other churches that um, that we were talking about earlier. And I just, I still just can't get over that. Ron DeSantis is letting this happen. Just the other day, you know, the positive tests for coronavirus have skyrocketed. And instead of being appalled and saying, you know, don't be in these big gatherings at these churches, he's just praising that we've got more tests to be able to give to people. Right. I, I'm just speechless. Well, because I mean, that's that's all that matters is testing. Making sure that you know what the real numbers are. You don't have to follow up with fucking healthcare or anything. Yeah, look how great it is. We have all these tests. No, it's bad that we have all of these positive tests, Ron. Jesus Christ. Let's not add to it, Ron. I recommend inst- instead of going to church, everyone just follow the Pope on TikTok. That's where you're getting the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll take a little break there. Uh, uh, for our break, though, we we do have a, a special treat here. Um, you've heard him on the show before. Uh, I reached out to our our friend JJ Demonic, and he does have a track that is really good and really relevant to the things that we've been talking about. So this is this is Yellow Nautica by JJ Demonic. Media peddling Russia, I'm losing my medical coverage. President letting us suffer, no medicine left in the cupboard. Yellow Nautica, murder mace in a suburban, I'm earning it. Fuck what you hear about, my whereabouts indeterminate. Media peddling Russia, I'm losing my medical coverage. President letting us suffer, no medicine left in the cupboard. Yellow Nautica, murder mace in a suburban, I'm earning it. Yellow Nautica, murder mace in a suburban, I'm earning it. In a tourniquet, poverty running man tournament. Spend time and I'm turning it. 
Blood in the what? Blood in the cup. Study the fucking and learning it. I'll fall up a bone in the trench. That's why I'm still looking for the brand of heroin that murdered all of my friends. Tell me you wasn't afraid of the reaper. He was jumping in beat first. Competing to see who could float up the beat first. But then he was like me first. We were preparing to leave first. EMTs interrupted my research. Humans are creatures of habit, but certain habits alter humans to creatures. Cheaper. I don't want to die no more. I did a few times and I returned and I'm so bored. Cynical, cynical, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the pinnacle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I just sit in my living room, happy I'm living, I'm living like why, why, why? Reminiscing back on my crime days. I don't like to glorify it, but it is a large part of what is for my shape. Still got a war in the Philly tri state. I really, 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 really try stay. Out of the fog of my pride of my state. Breathing is like a machine, you see, all I leave ain't you and your valuables. How will you do? I'm losing my medical coverage President letting us up and no medicine left in the cupboard Yellow Nordica, murder mace in the suburban, I'm earning it Move aside, I got a smartphone and I know words, I'm a journalist Media Venice in Russia, my daughter's attending the public Teachers are teaching the Jesus instead of a regular subject Yellow Nordica, murder mace in the suburban, I'm earning it Utilities up and it's killing me, that's why we're burning the furniture Keep an invitation open in it. Have a winning booze, I was codependent. I got snitched on by my codependent. Now I'm making moves, I got motion sickness. Taking it back to the day when I acted up just to get loaded. Picking my back to make statements, the counselors thought I was broken. ADH digging a place to be basically, I was unfocused. Now I aviate gracefully, go when he speaks no more overdosing. I'm losing my medical coverage. President letting us up and no medicine left in the cupboard. Yellow Nordica, murder mace in the suburban, I'm earning it. Step aside, I got a smartphone and I a word, I'm a journalist. Media selling us Russia as if it's a magical button. And all we must do is just press it and everything's fixed all of a sudden. Yellow Nordica, murder mace in the suburban, I'm earning it. Republican, Democrat, now indeterminate, now we must terminate. Whew. Yeah, another another week down. What week in quarantine is it for you guys? Because for me, like, my schedule's all mixed up because I was traveling when the quarantine started. So <laughs> this is really like my first full week, I think, that I've really been in full quarantine mm-hmm. mode the entire week. Yeah, you had the benefit of being on the road there for the first, like, 10 days of the whole thing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm playing uh, quarantine on easy mode, you guys. <laughs> but what, well, you I guys think, have uh, been like at least a solid two, right? Yeah, yeah, we're at, we're at about two weeks at this point, but, you know, it also feels like it's been something like a hundred years. <laughs> we're, all, we're all getting very dusty. There are cobwebs forming. <laughs> You're just gray gardens. Uh, yeah, right. Up, up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Every time time I read a a Trump tweet about what's going on, it's like sipping from the wrong holy grail. You just (laughs) get that much older. Yeah. We uh, we decided this week uh, during our during our quarantine adventure that uh, our our son was reading The Hobbit. Oh, good uh, kind for of him. for kind of for school for homeschool. We we had uh, we had kind of started it before, but uh, we said like, hey, you know, since we're since we're stuck inside, let's just let's just watch the Lord of the Rings. Sure. Again. And uh it holds up. 
they, it they did it, man. They, I, they, they made it. Um, it's I was kind so of funny that you bring that up because we did the same thing. We ended up watching the whole Lord of the Rings like over the past like week and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was I I should have bought the extended editions because I I just have the regular ones, and I was like, that's plenty, that's plenty. But after I watched them all, I was like. I wish there was more. Yep. I sh- we should we should have watched those <laughs> those extended ones, and then there's like 23 hours of like documentary behind the scenes stuff sure. on them too. Uh, so I just been watching that stuff on YouTube. Um, it's wild. It's wild how good those movies are, and how bad every other Peter Jackson movie is. <laughs> I don't know how it works i don't think that's exactly crazy if you go back to peter jackson's like really early oeuvre where he was just making like shitty b horror movies those are still fun but everything else is yeah yeah you're gonna watch king kong again nobody even remembers that movie was ever made i i might you know it was okay it was cool he punched a t-rex that was fun uh, yeah the weird video game that they made was pretty good yeah, there was like a Universal Studios ride that we went on that was based on that movie. That was that was pretty great. That's bonkers. I, I, <laughs> this, that's so funny to think about, like making an entire fucking ride, which I mean, that's got to cost like fifty million dollars, right? To make a ride like that over a movie that literally nobody cared about. Oh, it was funny. We went we went on the ride, and I actually thought that I was like, oh, this ride must be based on like the new. Um, there was like a new King Kong with like John Goodman and stuff in it that was supposed to like tie into the new Godzilla movies. Oh, really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it must be based on that. And I was like, oh, no, it's based on the Peter Jackson one. I forgot that that existed. <laughs> well, it's cool. So uh, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is your, your high note? Yeah. You know, I might, uh, we might try to watch The Hobbit too. I have never actually watched those The Hobbit movies just because I've heard that they're just like abysmally uh bloated and like nonsensical um they're they're pretty fat there's there's a lot of fat that could have been trimmed off they're not bad though i mean it's like the hobbit is a much more cartoony sort of story than lord of the rings is so if they indulge in a little bit of cartooniness from time to time that's not that's not the worst thing i think the total runtime of the three hobbit movies is actually longer fuck around than the it's it's pretty close that's wild okay that's stupid (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's pretty wild the hobbit movies are okay though and like it's it's totally fine if you want to watch a dwarf fucking elf (laughs) is that that I, just, I must have missed that chapter. That I, is just, I, yeah, that is, that is just basic D&D, like, extra stuff that got tacked onto a story. It's funny. Is it, like, the, uh, like, uh, the, the Kate from Lost is in the yeah, Hobbit totally movies? Yeah, it totally is. It's a, yeah, it's a fucking Evangeline Lily. Yeah. The, the Ant-Man and the Wasp lady? Right, yeah. right, right, right. Wow. Ooh, ooh, ooh. She makes a, she makes a hot elf. Though, when you put everybody in elf makeup... Uh, you end up being almost indistinguishable from fucking Liv Tyler. So, you know. Is, is I think that... they wanted to get Liv Tyler and she was like, no, thank you. And they were like, oh, okay, <laughs> girl from Lost. How about you? Next, you, you let's just go down the list. just like her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I, my, uh, my high note is uh, pretty brief here. There was a, there's a family in the UK who are 
you know, being responsible and sheltering in place. And I guess they must all be singers. And, you know, I'm a, a, a dork for musical theater. Um, so they made this coronavirus themed version of One Day More from uh, Les Mis. Uh, and I'll, I'm just going to play like a little selection from that. Let's just let them run amok We're not ready for these schoolboys Cause they just don't One give day a fuck It's delightful. The The lyrics are pretty funny, I thought. Like, pretty clever. And actually, the family is pretty good at, at singing the thing. So, uh, I'll, I'll drop the, the link to that video in the show description. But that, that brought me a little bit of joy in this in this time of, you know, stressing out about how the fuck are we going to pay rent. You know, at least some people are having fun with this. You should watch Rent. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're on a musical kick. Hard uh, pass. I love that. I love that the Rent movie, they were decided to cast all of the like original Broadway cast. Yeah. Even though they they're were like, like 50 years 43. old. 43. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing like 22 year olds. Adam Pascal great, great is just, decision. has literally just been gargling glass for fucking 30 <laughs> years. He sounds terrible. Uh, oh, so great. boy. Well, that's my high note. How about you, Beth? Can you can you bring us out on a on a proper high note? <laughs> I don't know about proper because mine's Animal Crossing. <laughs> Hell yes. That is all that I like. As soon as my virtual work day ends, that's exactly where I go and I start looking to see whose islands open. Right. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's somebody's got to explain Animal Crossing to me because I've never played a game. As far as I can tell, it's some sort of splice of, like, The Sims, Minecraft, and Pokemon. Is that about right? Well, I only play Animal Crossing, so I do not know. (laughs) Um, 
essentially you're trying to get bells and you use the bells to pay off your mortgage and you use your bells to put in infrastructure on your island and you get miles that you use to go to other people's <laughs> islands. And then, of course, you need furniture. Sometimes you're popping balloons for that. And uh, Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, Animal Crossing is a is a stealth move from Nintendo to radicalize children into socialism because it's like a parody of, of capitalism where <laughs> you start the game in an incredible amount of debt to a, a wicked raccoon named Tom Nook. Uh, and then he makes you uh, work for him to, so he can get rich, um, and you can pay off your your debt to him, which never quite gets paid off. No matter what you do, uh, somehow you're always still working for this raccoon. Yeah. Um, the little catalog that they give you for the different furnishings of your house looks exactly like the catalog that like Edward Norton looks looks at in Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Because he pays you, but then you also pay him, and and uh, he's uh, he's like the sole uh, engine of capitalism that that right. keeps the Animal Crossing economy moving. He's, he's the landlord and the boss. Well, on this one, you don't actually have to work for his store. So, um, but the good thing about him is he's never hounding you for all that money that you owe him. You can go, you can go <laughs> around him fifty times. He's not going to bring up a dime of it. You want you want to add a new mailbox on? Sure, Beth. I don't care that you owe seven hundred forty eight thousand bells. I'm gonna put a new mailbox in for you. <laughs> he's the he's he's become the Home Depot version of of Tom Nook. The kinder, gentler Nook. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he he forces you to uh, to plunder the Earth's natural resources for for profit. I think as well is is a, a key aspect of. Uh, of the of the deal because you got to go out there you got to chop down trees yeah by, you by the deal rocks. you mean capitalism right i mean <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. A- animal capitalism right <laughs> no but it's, it's a cute I've... game it's the perfect game for quarantine because um unlike a lot of games where you can just play them like as much as you want like you're like oh i just played this game and i played it and it's 20 hours long and i beat it or whatever um you know animal crossing is a game where you intentionally are just supposed to play it just a little bit every day. And in fact, if you try to play it for hours and hours on end, you'll quickly kind of run out of things to do because mm. it's really meant to be played over a long period of time. Um, things kind of have to your, recharge your every once in a while or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a perfect little quarantine game, I think. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of people getting a lot of joy out of it right now. Uh, we're not a... a Nintendo household, so I've been I've been an outsider looking in. Anytime a new Animal Crossing comes out, I have to buy whatever it's out for. So I am Team Nintendo <laughs> probably for life. Well, it's good. We all, all of our high notes were, I mean, predictably sort of uh, like mass media related. <laughs> Which, what else could they possibly be during a period of quarantine? None of us have anything to do except be around our houses and you know do stuff like that yeah then this episode is sponsored by disney's pixar's onward right. available on <laughs> disney plus starting friday april 3rd congratulations everyone <laughs> oh man did you see the uh uh the box office returns um for the past week and it was like 
total U.S. box office returns were like $5,800. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they're all <laughs> shut down pretty much. I mean, yeah, I guess exactly. maybe there's some small towns that are still no, running it was like, their it was like non-chain one, theaters. It was like one film festival or something that accounted for, you know, $5,700 of that. Let's check box office mojo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's see. What are the... What are the releases? Uh, there was one called like it was like Seattle, Oregon, or some strange combination like that. Oh my god, that is that is crazy. Oh yeah, it's dire. It's dire. But what's also very funny is that uh, the movie Cuck that was that came out that same week as Joker. Um, this was like way before the coronavirus um, reeked in. Just an astounding zero dollars. (laughs) Like nobody, literally nobody went to see that. Joker's trick. Yeah, Joker's trick. That's right. (laughs) You would have thought, think that, like you know, at least some people would have went and saw it. But I don't know. I I thought it looked kind of interesting. They went to the premiere and they didn't. They weren't paying customers. No, I I thought it looked kind of interesting. But we did go and see Joker instead. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not even sure our theater played that one. Oh boy. Well, we hope everybody is uh, you know, sheltering in place and being healthy, staying healthy. We hope that I don't know, if you're out of work, you're finding part-time work. That's a struggle right now as as well I know. Um maybe get into the podcasting game, you know. We're still we're still raking in our fucking $12 a month. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. We're we're going to make it through. Don't yeah. worry everybody. We're we're going to make it. <laughs> we're going to make it. We're going to make it with, with good friends like, for instance, uh, Beth Borden. Beth, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you for having me. This is a great time. It's been super fun, and I hope that we can get you back sometime. Um, while we're still on the main show, is there any way that you would like to plug yourself or any kind of projects that you're working on or anything else? Literally, this, we're in plugs now. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Um, well, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Beth Borden. Um, since a lot of my work that I want to move into is as a result of Ken Klippenstein, you should follow him at Ken Klippenstein. He's got a bunch of um, new FOIAs that he's filing, and so watch his space for sure. Fuck Ken Klippenstein. We're we're over it. We're done with him. You know, if he's been him. banned from the Insurgents pod, he doesn't need to be banned from here, too. <laughs> Friend, friendship ended with Ken Klippenstein. Now our new, be- now our new best friend is Beth Borden. Beth friend. <laughs> we're going straight to the source. He's just a middleman. We don't need, we don't need nah, him. Nah, Ken knows that we love him. We'll probably get him on here in, in the next few weeks, probably knowing us. Um... No, that's awesome, Beth. Thank you again for being with us. Uh, I wanted to give uh, another extra plug to our musical guest, um, JJ Demonic. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll drop the link to his album in the show description, but the album is called Spirit Cooking, um, and he has a new album coming up, and hopefully we'll be able to get him back as a musical guest when the, uh, the singles from that album drop. So thank you again. MC, you're fucking awesome. Uh, meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel if you would like uh, bonus episodes 
we do have a Patreon, but we're waiving Patreon fees uh, for for the duration. Um, so if you want even more of us talking, uh, go over to patreon.com slash liquidflannelpod, and we've got a bunch of bonus episodes. And I'm Matthew Hodges. I'm on Twitter at MattTheGweight with the W and Brendan Williams. I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And that's it. That's, that's it for us, everybody. Um, wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay inside. Learn how to bake.